Dr. Dwindle DS here. Tourist, sleazy car salesman extraordinaire, you look new, or did you just get a facelift? Either way, you look magnanimous today. You know who else is magnanimous? Starlight. That's right, this podcast. I mean, an adventure with me. In it, what's not to like? Welcome to my show. Let me show you around at the fair price of a listen, review, or subscribe. All these things go a long way to help other spacers find the show. And if you're feeling extra special, then consider checking out the Patreon. Do what makes you most comfortable. Just help a dwindle stay in business. Interesting. Hello. Welcome okay. to Starlight After Dark. Oh. Mm. <laughs> that sounds kind of like there's like a little innuendo in there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I like imagine some jazz music from <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Starlight After Dark. With your host, Isaac Yorks. And uh McKinnally. That's his uh, assistant, Vanna White, if you will. And the special guest today is uh, Clive Jensen. Clive Jensen, how are you doing today? Oh, well, I'm doing mighty fine. And did he just talk to himself that, just now? Uh, Sam Williams has multi-personalities. <laughs> what? Some people say disorder. I say order. <laughs> Multiple personality order. Ready? <laughs> that was stupid. Yeah. Am I doing it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. We're waiting. You're gonna have to do it. Ah, oh, and hey guys, welcome back to Starlight. We hope that your holidays were awesome, however you spent it. Uh, hopefully safe and sound. And we are glad to have you back for this new year. New year. A new year. A new year. And. Uh, Hopefully it's better than the last. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 sucks. We can, you, it's just crazy, right? 2020, that's supposed to be like a critical success. Two 20s. I don't was, know. Somebody rolled a one long uh, time ago. Yeah. <laughs> well. I will say what, the good thing that came out of 2020 is Starlight. We started in September, right? That is true. So we're three months in. We actually, I think we recorded in August. Mm-hmm. We might even put out our first episode in August. I was looking yeah. back. And um, it's just crazy that we've had people, everyone just like here for the adventure. Um, You guys have been growing this show with us and it's fun to have everyone a part of this adventure. Um, And for those of you that are new, I think that right now, since again, it's a new year, new audience, I think maybe we should, I'm gonna introduce everyone and and we're just gonna do a flash round like, Tell me your character name. Give me a quick, like, what they look like. And we'll start with Clive. Oh, my name is Clive Jensen, and uh, I'm a space cowboy. That's pretty good. That actually encapsulates all of it. My name is Courtney, and I play McCallie, and I'm an elephant with two legs that's very large. DM. DM. I'm Isaac, your host and GM, and we are happy to have you here. And uh, it's been two weeks, so... Let's get into the action. There we go. Okay. You were supposed to describe what you look like. So oh. That, but, you know. Yeah. I am an amorphous blob filled with dark ooze. Eyes that are made of tentacles that sprout out in search rather than see. I feel all your fears and excitement and I just delight in every tendril and aspects specifically of fear all right okay <laughs> i digress all right let's get back to finding out what's going on with the Sunmaker. neuralink would you please mind accessing memories accessing puzzling their way through the inner sanctum of the hidden temple and meeting grounds of mr akram's cult known as the family McKenna and Clive work together to disable the traps heretically built within the sacred place to open the door to the compartment within the head of the massive brass statue. A statue that is well over 40 feet and depicts an elephant sitting in the lotus prayer position 
with a brazier of fire held above it. Within the statue, they find a crystalline structure that McKenna identifies as the Christosius Shard, a small piece of complex set of tools used by the ancient Loxodon society to commune with their deity. As it turns out, these shards appear to have strange powers, this one in particular being ingrained with a reflection of history. Gazing into the shards, both spacers see shades of the past events that occurred within the inner sanctum, of which they witness Mr. Ackerm, the Sunmaker, leading his family in committing suicide for the promise of rebirth and change. Change that would include righting ill wrongs committed by the Celestial Federation in the upcoming elations. Within this memory, we have also witnessed Speaker Holst, a member of the family, being too scared to go through with killing herself and thus running off, only to return once Akram is dead to cut off the Loxodon's trunk to work the temple doors. Lastly, we learn that the one who ambushed the spacers earlier, and whom Atlas presumably left to hunt down, is a snake-eyed tiefling named Gorn. Gorn is the Sunmaker's most trusted servant, and the only one known to be keeping his secrets. Memories retrieved. The camera zooms in. Rather, actually, it zooms out from the memory of looking through the Christophsis shard. All of those memories fade away to the tink, 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 as Sisa is shaving away, just chiseling off with like basically like a pocket knife and a rock that he found, some gold sh like shavings from the inside of the statue of the path's uh, skull. And what? And then boom, as he hits one more time, there is an explosion that comes from outside of the statue's head, the, the room in which you guys are in, and further along out in the cavern. It shakes everything. There's a rattling. There's a few rocks that kind of like come loose and they fall to the ground. And eventually it all kind of falls quiet almost as quickly actually as it, as it came. Oh man. I, I hope that was, uh, I hope that was Atlas. Maybe he had found a way out. I, I can't move on. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's going on? The Sunmaker. He was he was like a brother to me. <laughs> I can't I, I can't move on. Well, this is where my life ends. No, no, no. You don't wanna end it here? If he was really like a brother to you, what what would he think? We need to get we need to get out of here. We need to figure out what's actually going on here. Maybe oh. maybe even end up clearing his name. His name was never needed to be cleared. Well, there are some people out there who apparently don't think that's true. It's all Nagoof. He's the one that who is ruined it all. Finally, we'll go. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll start making our way out of out of the head of the statue. Okay. I'd like to take the orb, if possible. Oh, the yeah, thing the, that the, we, shard. the The shards? Yeah. Like the, yeah, you're going to need to break some of it free. I want you to go ahead and just uh, make a basic attack roll on it. That's 14. Okay. 14 plus 1, 15. Yeah, so you take your staff, this like metal like implement, and you kind of like bring it up against it. Ching! Ching. On the second hit, staff? yep. On the second one, you press the button where the like the stun part of it kind of comes to life, flaring. When you hit it, a little tiny shard just comes off of this entire thing, and it's about it's about palm size. But you can see that my it, palm, yeah, we'll say that, and it kind of has like a still has like that bluish energy to it. And I want you to go ahead and make another charisma roll as you hold it up. 22. 22. Okay. You hold it up one last time as Clive is like, one leg is like halfway out the, the door. Sisa is like, you're, you're kind of pushing Sisa out as he's just trying to get one last scrap in before he's like, fine. But McKenna, you hold this up to your eye. One locks it on eye, recognizing these shards very well. And there is one last vision that you see through it. 
you see Speaker Hulse coming back again. This time, there is no figure cowled with her, just the trunk. And it's like being some sort of technomancy is being used to levitate it. Uh, and she sets down the trunk and starts kind of walking around, looking. You can't read the signs of what she's saying, uh, but there seems to be some irritation to her movements. She goes over to the pillow where uh, Mr. Ackerm, the sunmaker, would sit and, and do all of his like presentations from his meditation. And is kind of going through like whatever leftover is there. Like it looks like some scraps of clothing. I need you to make a perception roll on it, please. 19. She pulls up this like, like a part of the cloak that he was wearing, the white cloak holds it up and you can see uh, this cross on the front of it. It's red, almost as if made of like energy uh, that kind of like intertwines and now almost like Celtic uh, lines that kind of knot in at the center and the outside of it's wreathed in something that looks like akin to both flames, but also like particles. Um, and can you make can you make a uh, some sort of a history check on that, please? Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen. Okay. So you have like a cursory knowledge of it, having recruited quite a bit of people and getting spending some time in like the seedier parts of the world. You recognize that symbol in passing. It is well, it is a symbol of a group of scientists who are arrest, arrested called the Shrined Cross. And it looks like it belongs to, like it was a part of Mr. Akram's clothing. Hmm. And then you blink, it's gone. Clive's just exiting the room. Did I see how Speaker Holst responded to it? Yeah, I think so. You would have seen that there was be like a long stare. This is like kind of like holding this, almost feeling this, almost like, tactilely trying to feel like, what, what is this? Where are you? What were you planning? Uh, okay, did, did you see anything else? Or are we, are, we, are we getting out of here? Somehow, my dear friend, the Sunmaker, was connected with the Shrine Cross. And as soon as you say that, Clive just kind of looks taken aback and like, kind of goes off lost in his thought. Do you know what the Shrine Cross is? Uh, yeah. Uh, the prisoner, the prisoner that I, I interrogated back on the prison planet, Ophex. Correction, you killed. I interrogated. He, uh, he mentioned, he mentioned the Shrine, shrine Cross to me. The, because he worked for him and they were this organization that would work on all these illegal scientific projects and that might be a lead on what happened to me, where I came from. Okay. I have lost my brother. He had his trunk cut off. After missing for years, I then realized and I see that he's connected to the Shrine Cross, which has a connection to you. I'm gonna go to sleep now. What? You just, what do you mean you're gonna go to, we can't just. I am large and carrying around this much energy is hard. Are you I'm kidding? I'm getting that. Good night. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, and I lay down I and take a nap. McKenna, we we can't. This is not a Good great place. And I wrap my ears to... around my face for a short rest. Do you know what we do in this situation? I... Me and the bigs, we would we just we just leave them. <sighs> Why well, is it? There was I an explosion. Well, I, want... I can't. I, well, I can't. I can't leave. I, I I got one of my one of my group members. Back the other way, and my other one's now falling asleep right in front. Of, I don't, I don't know what to do. 
I'll give you some advice. Okay? Alright. <clears throat> Ceaseless straightens as if he's like telling you the what to. He says, Nobody's looking out for you but you. Alright? Clav? Clav. My name is Clive. Clive, sorry. Clive. She's sleeping. Your friend's missing. He points back to the direction of uh, where Atlas went. And you can now see like some thin tendrils of smoke coming out from the hallway. And that's not looking too good. I'm going that way. And if you, you guys can join me, you can, I don't care. All right. Matter of fact, I have half a mind to guess that, like, if we didn't have her walking around, that explosion would have happened in the first place. I would have seen it. Well, that could be true. But, unfortunately, I have grown quite fond of these guys and traveling with them. But, I suppose you have completed your task in helping us. So if you want to make your way out of here, I will not stop you, but I will also not help you. Fine. 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 I am going to go get a few more shavings from the inside of that head. And if she is not awake in the next 10 minutes, I am not waiting around to see whether your bodyguard blew that up or if the same killer from before came, you survive by knowing when to play your cards. Right now, my card is making myself freaking rich, man. And then I'm out of here. And Thyra's gonna pay me. I'm gonna sell this. So, uh, Biggs. And he pushes past you and heads into the room. And you start hearing like some tink, tink, tink. McKenna is snoring. So she, when she gets emotional, does she just fall asleep? I think instead of having like a full mental breakdown, she's just taking a little short rest. All right. Well, you can go ahead and heal a short rest. Thank you. Clive's going to walk over and try to nudge her, wake her up, push her, <laughs> kick her, do whatever he may need to do. So Clive wakes you up just... And as he as he wakes you up, there's a sound of like glass being broken from inside of the the head of the statue. Good morning. What are you doing? Does this really look like the place to be taking a nap right now? Like I I know you've been you're going through some stuff, but this this is not the time. This is not the place. Clive. I don't want to hear it. Whatever it is, McKenna. You have no memory. So to insult me for the good memories that I have for someone after watching them be murdered is rude. I'm not insulting you. And I'm memories. sleeping. I'm trying to wake you up so we can get out of here. We still need to go find Atlas. Okay, but after this, I'm taking a very long nap. Well, that's fine. You can take all the naps you want after, after we get out of here. I'm not staying here another minute. Fine. Then you don't have to. I will. There's a faint rumble in the background. I guess that doesn't sound very good. We should yeah. go. Oh, she's awake now. Quiet, you. Can I kill him now? Please, 102. It would be very good. You know what? Normally I wouldn't condone such a thing, but by all means, we can come up with a story. Wait, what? I'm gonna aim to firebolt him. I'm not actually gonna do it, but I would like to make a really strong persuasion roll. So you're trying to intimidate him? Yes. Can I go make an intimidation roll? persuasion roll by also like pulling my rifle out and- Yeah, you can help her in that sense. 23. Oh, <laughs> two nat 20s. Yeah, I think that immediately- <laughs> You see he's like just duck back into the room and uh, he tries to pull the door with him. It's too heavy. So he just throws himself in. And there's a, ah! Ah! I'm going to go up there, grab him with my trunk, hold him against the wall. And I'm going to say, if I dislike one more thing you do, 
I will burn you. Got it? Got it? Okay, and I drop you to the ground. I dislike your breathing. He, uh, I, Actually, want you to, I want you to roll a perception roll. You're taking too much of my air. Oops. I mean, that's, oh, that's a seven. Nine. Nine? Okay. He just is like white. He just <clears throat> shakes his head up and down. See, so I want to like you. I do. I really do. You remind me of people that I don't dislike. But some of the things you do are just really obnoxious. And I just need you to like, come bring it down a little. I don't want to want to kill you. Mm -hmm. I don't often want to kill a lot of people, but there's something about you. Clive's just kind of in shock right now because the McKenna up until this point was not snapped yet. I just need you to get it together. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. I want us to be on the same team. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Keevan, remember I didn't kill you next time you want to, like, turn your back on me and Uh give me over to the people that killed my best friend? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't kill you, for the record. Uh Uh-huh. I would would probably listen to her friend. Okay, let's move on. I don't think it's good for either one of us. All right, well, now that everyone's calmed down a little bit, I think we should head back towards the explosion. Because if there's an off chance it was Atlas and he did find a way out, then at least we know we can get out. Yes. Okay. You guys make your way, you climb down the statue, across the like sun-styled cavern, and then up the, the rough shod, like uh, carved into the side of the cliff wall. I'm also ladder. taking my rope back. Okay, you gather all of your things, everything that, uh, you know, you left, um, and you enter, stepping over the initial rubble of the, the entrance way that had fallen on McKenna originally, and you make your way down this long hallway. You see where that mysterious figure, the one who attacked you guys, where he'd thrown his grenade and, and blown up part of the cavern. It's cleared. There is still like dust and and uh, smoke kind of coming up from the area, but you can see where Atlas looks like he cleared his way through. You actually see the telltale signs of, of him using his burst axe to blow a hole and you can see like where he like cleaved his axe into the sides of the walls to make his way through. You go forward evermore and you eventually come to the fork in the the hallway, right at the, where you enter into the antechamber and there's like another hallway to the right of you now, the one that you didn't go down that was dark. And at the far end of the antechamber, you see a much fresher pile of rubble that has fallen. You see the remains of like broken shrapnel of uh, Clive, you'd recognize this as something like similar to like C4 type of explosive. Um, there's also telltale signs of some sort of like fight. There's blood uh, across the floor. Um, it looks like someone lost a finger. Like fresh? <laughs> Does it look like Atlas's finger? No, this is like a gloved finger. Um, Recently? Yeah, you pull off the glove and it looks scaled. Long pointed fingernail. Good. This is Gorn. I think Atlas might have found a friend. And you see further ahead, the in the pile, uh, and this is a massive pile of rubble. It's not just, it's like blocking the entranceway again, but where the other one was actually movable, this one looks like it'd be movable in a very long amount of time, but the entire entranceway has been collapsed. And you can make out uh, just the some like an elbow just barely sticking out covered in but it's like covered in blood and rubble and um the cloth is is torn uh but it looks like part of the cloth's been like seared to the flesh so it's pretty hard to distinguish per se just from a glance 
And that's the scene that you see this wreckage amongst this pretty sacred antechamber where it almost looks like these like smaller Loxodonian statues were overseeing this battle, like some ancient Colosseum fight. As we're walking, I'm letting you know, hey, I think Dwindle is Gorn. You know what? I didn't even think about putting those two together. I think Dwindle, the dirty car salesman, is Gorn, who my beloved brother trusted, truly trusted. Well, that could be true, but there was, we did come across somebody when we first got here, correct? Dwindle. Like, when we first got to, because I... The one you danced with, or wanted to dance, or you No, the one that almost killed me. That was Dwindle. That was Dwindle. He talked like Dwindle. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it could be, but at at this point, there's no way we can tell. Uh, I just want you to keep that in mind. But I will. If we run into dirty cars and dwindle, don't kill him right away. I'm starting to think we almost can't really trust anybody around here. I might just yell out for Gorn. Couldn't hurt. Gorn! I know you are a friend of the Sunmaker, and we don't come to harm you. We'd like to talk with you and figure out what's happening here. There is no response. Can you both make a perception check? 12. 22. Okay. Clive, you just hear some faint, uh, it almost sounds like rock and roll music, just faintly playing from the darkened hallway. Alice? I think I I hear something. Something down this other passageway we haven't checked yet. Sounds, I don't know, musical? Do you want to dance? Maybe later. It does kind of have that sort of rhythm to it. Maybe maybe we should check it out. Yeah. Ooh, better yet. Let's send our friend down there. Cecil. Would you like to redeem yourself? Redeem myself? Just become less obnoxious. I'm do just, something I enjoy. I'm just saying, you, you do this for us, maybe you don't have an elephant breathing down your neck. And I'm gonna put my trunk right behind his neck and just take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I think you can make another intimidation roll with versus. Well, his I don't want to be mean. Yeah, then persuasion. Okay, persuasion. Ooh, seven. Huh. Yeah. He holds up a pocket knife. You guys are the protection, remember? I'm just the guy showing you how to get here. Okay, okay, you have a point. Let's hold hands and do it. No. I don't want to hold your hand. Um, I guess your mom taught you boundaries and my mom taught me mine, so I won't hold your hand if you don't want me to touch you. Boundaries. I'm from an orphanage. Oh. Do you need a mom? No. (laughs) There's like a moment of like, like what is going on? And he starts backing up out of the hallway. And I I think things are getting a little too weird for him. And just as he gets about 15 feet from you guys, he just turns and runs back the way he came. Cecil, one more request of you as you're running. Can you just tell, um, what was her name? Uh, Thyra? Thyra, that we could use a little backup down here. 
and all you hear is as his footsteps are like running off, echoing. Well, he was obnoxious. I mean, he didn't really do a whole lot for us anyway. He did get us here, but. Yeah. I hope I didn't come on too strong with him. No, I think you're probably fine. I don't, I don't think you scared him in any way whatsoever. Okay. He's probably going to trust Loxodons for the rest of his life. I wouldn't worry about great, it. Great, great. I'm totally picking up on all your sarcasm. Thank you. I don't even know what sarcasm is. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to not teach you that one, and we're going to go down to the music. Okay. So you start Very to... Very cautiously. Yeah, okay. So you guys start to head down this hallway. Before we head down the hallway, because it's dark, do we have any light? Oh. And... A lantern. If so, can I also do a scan real quick with infrared vision just to be sure yeah. that nothing's down there that's going to kill us? Yeah, so you sweep... And your eyes kind of like glaze over like a, a faint red. There's no infrared. Uh, there's nothing there that would hint at a trap or like some sort of a trigger. McKenna, you bring up the lantern um, and the inside has like this little gas ball that just like you kind of turn a dial on the mechanical implement and it just gets a little bit brighter. Now, the hallway is plain in comparison to the other hallway and you pass a bunch of like rooms that have like kind of like collapsed in on itself. But in, there are like a few different rooms. Like for example, you pass one, two rooms down to the left. It looks like some sort of like a old kitchen or something like that. But in general, it looks like you're looking at like a lot of like, like um, where a lot of like the ardents and and, and uh, believers would stay in, in probably live in the priests and all, all the sorts of like members of the class and you follow the music and you come to a door that's been busted down the door is off its hinges and you can see where two fists pummeled their way through oh this looks familiar i feel very at home seeing those fists <laughs> and strangely enough so do i the music is a bit louder and it's kind of like uh, louder, but it's dying off as if it's coming to the end of the song. And McKenna, you kind of peek in and you see a single like light bulb hanging off kilter. The room is a mess. It looks like Atlas came and just tore the place apart. It, unlike the other rooms where there's like rubble that fell in on itself, this one looks like it's been kept clean. Someone has obviously been living here. You see a desk that's turned askew. There's papers everywhere. There's like this little like uh, small like radio disc that's playing some some rock and roll music. Uh, there's a bobblehead of uh, like a, a almost like um, this one-eyed alien that's kind of like shaking still a little bit. Um, so this happened recently. Looks like it. Yeah. This kind of looks like. Uh where uh, Gorn would have stayed. Uh, he had been tasked to keep watch of this whole place. That's what I was just thinking. Is there footsteps leading anywhere? Uh, go ahead and make a survival check. And then also, does it look like there were signs of a struggle or does it look like somebody just kind of tore the place apart? Okay. 13. Yeah, you're not seeing like footsteps as the ground is like um, pretty well clean. Okay. Uh, and after you like start looking for footsteps, you don't see like a path of like maybe like where the sh shows to lead. Go ahead and make your survival roll. Or actually, I think this is much more of a investigation. Yeah, investigation. Three. Duh! I mean, the place is torn apart. Take Sweet. that as you will. Well, we haven't found Atlas yet. This place is torn apart. It looks like he might have been here. Might have. Looks like you possibly have been here. Is there paperwork anywhere? Like something I can read? Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. 11? 11, okay. You find plenty of papers. As you're rifling through, a lot of it's like nothing super important. It's actually, it's actually looks like handwritten copies of, um, the text for the way mm. and it looks like it's been like 
but it's it's written in not in any like way that the the way would have been mass produced this has all been written by hand probably is presumably by Gorin, and you see multiple passages that have been written over and over again not in any you're not you don't get any sense of like that there's like a feverous like zeal to like just like this particular passage it's almost like someone who spent a lot of time re is trying to reproduce the seminal texts and it looks very familiar is there any like signatures or initials or anything to identify who is doing this um that would be normal on like yeah, I think you can make another investigation check on that. Ugh, five. You start rifling through, which you find are like multiple like books, um, which they're, the thing is, is the way, the path, whichever you want to call it, is illegal to be reproduced. Mm -hmm. That it was made that way um, by the reveries, uh, and also the Federation outlawed it as it could potentially rebirth an independent streak in Loxodons. Now, this person, whoever it is, has been reproducing the path by hand and writing the text out. So you find multiple books, but there's no initials or anything. Um, it looks like they were partway through another one. Now you're rifling, you move some papers, and something heavy falls out. <laughs> and when it falls, it kind of like blurbs to life. Like a little blue energy comes out in a, like a little hologram of what looks like the Sun Maker. Does it do anything? Yes. What does it do? Gorn. My friend. It's good to see you. If you are watching this, then know that I am in good hands. I leave you with one last thing now that I'm gone. This temple is yours to care for. There are five other temples. I will find them all. And you will become the chief caretaker of them, like in the old days. Hold that promise. It is my promise to you that I will return and give that to you, my dear friend Gorn. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. The elations will prove things to be true. With the power of the suns behind us, we, we will change everything. Your friend, Mr. Akron. And then it blanks out. The elations are coming up. This is true. A sovereign will most likely be elected. Yeah. It would make sense for something big to happen around there, considering these quote-unquote phases have already started too with the Reanimated dead. Yes. Is there anything about the when I look into the paperwork about the six signs? Yeah. So you only had two. I have one and two. Oh, one, you're trying to find if there's more signs. Dead will rise to fulfill his will. Two reveal himself as someone other than he was. I'm looking for three, four, five, and six, and I imagine that's in this paperwork. It maybe it is, but this is like a well over thousand page script. Okay, I'm going to take um, one of them. So it's going to be like, you're going to spend hours studying this. Okay. I mean, you guys could sit here and do that now, but yeah. it's going to be a while. I'm going to take that. Can I just take a copy? Yeah, you take a copy. You go to place it in the same pocket where you keep your own seminal text. Mm -hmm. And you find that yours is gone. What? There's a little hole in the pouch where it was held. That... Bumbo. It's Cecil. Well, if it was him, I won't say you didn't deserve it. I mean, you were kind of a little hard on him. I was hard on him. Ah. 
I have high expectations, which are good. Yes, yes, but the way you react to certain things, maybe not so much. He just made a nice payday off of you. He already made a nice payday with the goals. I imagine he's probably out of here at this point. He probably won't be in Illinois very much longer either. But anyway. I'm not going to cry over spilled milk, but if I ever run into him, I will kill him. Again, I will not stop you. Thank you. But I will not be a part of it. Now, I want uh, Clive for you to go ahead and make a history check. As that hologram, like after it finished, you know, and you've talked on the can a little bit, you're thinking about these elations a little. And the elations are an interesting, it, it's more of a celebration and an event than a choosing of a government. It's a very strange thing. It's hard to explain. It's it's more of something that you feel. Now, the prime place in which the elation takes place is between the three representatives for the tri- for the House of the Triumvirates. Uh, that takes place um, on planetary system XR1. It's the core world where the Greys and the Elves originally or like brought safe harbor to mankind like a state has a capital this world would be like quote unquote the capital of the universe or like the governing universe. it is 100 percent like that but it, it's there's not like necessarily like this entire planetary system it's more like a solar system almost every planet in there is as equal of importance oh, at okay. that point so it's like this solar system is, is like the big, is yes. that equivalent okay. and the name of that planet is orisidus and that is the main area in which, that is the main planet in which the Elations, the Triumvirate actually meets together to decide what the course of the Federation will be for the next five years. So, and then who is technically uh, reigning right now? The The Sovereign is reigning right now. I'm going to yell out for Gorn. Gorn, if you can hear me, I just want to compliment your text here and say you've done a great job copying Atlas. If you have Gorn somewhere, please don't kill him. So that echoes out, but there is no response other than the the faint echo of that. Probably, if Gorn is on the other side of the rubble, that's probably why he doesn't hear you, or he's actively hiding. Mm-hmm. Or um, he's dead. I'm gonna start removing the rubble. Is there, so, is there an exit um, from this room other than the one that we came through? That no. isn't covered by it? Okay. No, it is, it's a small uh, room um, that, again, like, you guys spent the bulk of the time just looking through the paperwork. You don't necessarily see, like, another way in or out of it. Can I roll investigation to take a quick sweep of the rest of the room? Yes, you absolutely can. 14. Okay. Let me see here. Do you need help looking around? Well, sure. If you're done looking at those papers. I will also do an investigation. All right. So as you guys go ahead and make your roll. Uh, doesn't matter. (laughs) This is all, this is all Clive. You, you guys start searching the room, um, and you eventually find like a small little like cubby hole under the bed. It has like a brass ring. You pull it up. It has like some hydraulic lifts that help open it. And you actually see as you lower the lamp a small stash of items i thought it was gonna be going Ooh. <laughs> well, look at what we found here you guys find 50 credits whoa but you also find children's books like anything specific or just a collection of them? just a collection it looks like some sort of a series 
but it's like fantastical nursery rhymes and and that sort of a thing. So, why would Gorn have children's books? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe you could look through them, see if, because you know more about this this religion, this the way, than I do. Maybe you can look through them and see if there's anything in the text that speaks out to you. Maybe maybe he wrote some notes in there. Maybe it's just that. a pile of children's books. I'm gonna do that. Okay. I think in this case, why don't you make an insight check as you're flipping through these three different books. They're all pretty short, like 12 pages type things. And that's all that was in there. Mm-hmm. 14. So you, you open it and the the spine of it's made of like metal and electrical implements and it and it creates like holograms of like a pop-up book. So it, the first one seems to be about um, sheep and the counting of them. The second one is also about sheep, but this one pertains to a black sheep and dealing with difference and being like made fun of. And the last one um is a more of like a children's old-fashioned folktale where it's more of a cautionary story um about this black sheep who uh is bullied so bad that eventually it starts calling and telling other people that there's a wolf coming and when the wolf does eventually come after it scared everyone away the wolf actually comes for it and it can't get anyone to come help it Wow. Those sound very familiar. I swear I've heard those before. <laughs> Where are they from? They sound... Um, there's no like extra notes or anything with them though? None. You said that the books that were electronic? Yes. Maybe try interfacing with them? Maybe... I'm really nervous about interfacing now, but okay. Alright, go ahead and make an interfacing roll. Eighteen. Tell me how you interface with them. Um, I guess I just. I don't. How do you interface with a buck? Um. Oh, maybe you just look through the. Bash it against my head. All right. <laughs> um. Maybe look through the code, see if there's any irregularities. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll look through. I guess there's coding too, but I'll look through the code. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything's normal. See if anything's hidden. See if it, yeah, what he said. All right. So, the, the Neuralink goes activating, and then it goes, and you're seeing you're just seeing the code of the images that are popping up. Uh, you start messing with it. You start seeing patterns. And before your eyes, Clive, you watch as the as she's flipping through the pages as it starts to reshift, and then you start to pick up on something. You go over and you see that McKenna, you're holding, let's say, the third book, and it almost looks like a landmass that is like hovering as McKenna's messing with the code, and it's like kind of it's hovering about two feet off of the book, and it just goes out, let's say, an arm's length, and it shows like. A, a part of like the land and the lay of it. Uh, you see oceans, you see mountains. It looks a lot like, well, it looks a lot like the planet of Thela from a topical view. But nothing's happening to the land and just seeing the land? Yeah, you just have the one book open. Well, I'm gonna go to the next one. Okay. What do you do with the book you just had open? I'm going to leave it open. Okay. So you go to do the same thing. Can you go ahead and make another interfacing roll? Oh, this is getting cool. Oh, oh that would be a 20. 12. A 12? Okay. This one also springs to life. Can you please make make a perception roll? Okay. Oops. Nice. What is that? 19. Uh, 21. You pick up on a faint. Only you can hear it, McKenna. And it's not painful. 
it's an alert from your own neural link that something just bugged you. I need you, as you start to sift through the data of what that could be, you realize it's something that's being attached to like the coding of your own neural link to track you. I need you to make an interfacing roll versus mine to shut it off. Oh no. That is a nine. 24. Okay. So you smother it, quashing it. The ring goes. (laughs) You, no problem. You pull open the book. It again, it's another landmass. It fits perfectly on top of the book when you put them together. You are now looking at two thirds of the planet. Oh, well, we're on to something here. <laughs> Next one. How many more books are there? Just three. Just three? Yeah. One more. Go ahead and make an interfacing roll. Oh. What is what is that? Is that a one? One. Oh my gosh. I was doing so good. Again. I use those inspirations too. Though. The alarm comes up. I need you to make another interfacing check versus mine. Oh, nice. All right, not too bad. 10, and you got a? I got a natural one. (laughs) So. The book critically fails. (laughs) The book, let's say with your natural one, uh, you shut down the, the tracking code and then the book starts to falter. I need you to go ahead and make a perception check, both of you, before the book shuts down out of like per- preserving its secrets. 16. Six. Okay, McKenna, just before the book fizzles out, you realize that this is this, this third page, or this third book, is actually the equatorial line of, of Thela. So you, before it fades out, you rearrange the and put it in the middle, and there is a faint red dot. Come, 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 and you see uh, this script. And when you see the script, you recognize it. It's a it's words that you've you've seen very often, you're very fond of. You traveled quite often in the Sunmaker ship. What is the name of the ship that you see? Maliki. Maliki. The Maliki. And then the book fizzles out. But just in time for you to get the location of where it is. Awesome. We have to go there. Yeah, that seems to be our best lead. And if anything, at least it'll give us a way off this planet. Hmm. Yes. But we do need to figure out what happened to Atlas. Because it appears he's not in here. And it looks like he was was in here, possibly. But we didn't see him coming out either. Can I is there a way to take like a mental screenshot of that? Um, I would say that because it already shut off, like if you had said that originally, yeah, but no, you Would she be able to access it from memory since she saw it? There there? we go. Accessing memory. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good, huh? I think I think in this case no, only because when Nathan did it, uh, we had ruled that it was like a you make the decision to do this. Okay. Uh, so well, I know it's on the equatorial line. Yes. On it was it, Yeah, I'll, I'll put the map here. It is just it is about five hexes south of a town called Varbas, which you guys can see here. You guys can share that. Looks like it might be in the water. Is it in the water? Just about. Right off right off the land there. Mm, it is in the water. There's well, a little white speck there though. I always look for a change in Isaac's face if I like get on to something and he never gives me anything. It's like a stone cold killer. He's like <laughs> you struck gold. Congrats. You guys hear a faint howl that kind of comes from out of the out of the hallway. <laughs> There's like a faint like some faint sounds of a scuffle. Um but 
It's like you guys barely pick up on it. Does it sound like Atlas? No. Well, maybe. Hard to tell. Yeah. Where is it coming from? Back out the way you guys came. All right. Well, I, I bet it's Cecil. I don't think there's anything else we're going to find in here. And at least now we have we have our next lead. I'm taking the books with me, by the way. Okay. So you gather everything up. You start to head out. And as you get closer, you hear the sound of like, as you come closer to where the rubble was uh, back in the antechamber, you hear the sound of a There's a sound of some sort of like a little bit of like explosion uh, or like more of a ricochet. uh, And then you do hear Atlas kind of wielding something going, get over here. Atlas. Atlas, is that you? Gorn? Gorn, are you there? Uh, go ahead and <laughs> both of you guys make charisma rolls to see if you, let's say, project loud enough over at their scuffle. Seven. Six, you said what? Perception? Yep. Or no, no, charisma. Charisma. Uh, so yeah, 16. Okay. So when you yell out Atlas, there's like a... You yell that out and then... There's like a moment where like it sounds like something clears, and uh, you hear Atlas go. Is it some like another bolt ricochets closer to the pile of rocks, probably on the just on the other side, and Atlas yells, "Clive, could use a hand right now." And that's on the other side of the rebel. Yep. All right. So when as soon as Clive hears that, he's gonna pull out his laser rifle and just start blasting away at the the rebel that's in front of him. All right. I am gonna send a message to um, uh, Atlas and then to Gorn, and I'm gonna tell Atlas we need Gorn for information. He'll help the Acers, and then I'm gonna tell Gorn, put your weapons down if you truly want to help the Sunmaker. Okay, I would say with message, I believe you have to have familiarity with the target to to use through uh, solid objects. Mm, yeah. So what I what I will say is, go ahead. Atlas receives the message because like there's conceivably breaks in the rocks and like little. It's not totally like a solid wall. Um, we're gonna make this a tough one. DC eighteen. And uh, let's just say. Mm, it is a, it's a cantrip. No, no, it's not. It's not for this. It's not because it's a cantrip. Oh, it's the getting it through the rocks okay, to him. Got it. So is this just a flat DC or am I adding anything? Uh, I want to say it would probably be like your. Like a spell casting modifier, or just like intelligence yeah, modifier or something. Yeah, I want to do your intelligence modifier. Okay. Uh, no, no, seven. Seven. You're not sure if it went through or not. Okay. And then just so as you- To Gorn. To Gorn. Okay. And as you're doing that, the last thing before we close out this session is just Clive just- over and over and over. Basically, he's just going to keep firing until he knows that he can get through. All right. And that's where we're going to close out the session for tonight. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to the new year. And uh, I I mean, I'm really excited about where our sound is. I'm excited about where this adventure is. Uh, And I'm excited for everyone to reconnect with Atlas. And uh, yeah, sounds like there's a little bit of a scuffle and I'm just glad to have everyone here. Yeah. For Storge, thanks for coming. We're really glad you were here. All right. Take care. And until next time. See you uh, later, Spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.